Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Executive Director of CPE. It's our joy to bring these teachings to you from the Word of God. If you wish to learn more about our ministries abroad, go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our church fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We're considering the last 10 verses of Romans 7. In that passage, Paul records his failure to obey the law of God, even though it is his desire in his inner man to do so. He climaxes this struggle, proclaiming, O wretched man that I am, who shall save me from this body of death? Around these verses, a debate has taken place since the days of the early church fathers. Is Paul giving an account of his life before his salvation or after? In our past broadcast, we've laid the arguments of both sides. After one more point we'll make today, I'll give you my answer, and then you will have to decide for yourself. Is Romans 7, 14-25 a description of the Christian's present situation or not? The born-again man or woman, finally, ultimately, now we might get confused on this point, but we have to go to the core of what our great desire is. The born-again man or woman finally wants nothing of a self-salvation. We don't want our hands in our salvation. We want to say, through Jesus Christ alone and faith in Him alone, by grace alone we're saved. We don't claim, if someone asked us, what gives you confidence at going to heaven? We don't even say, well, you know, I believe these things and I receive these things. That's not our message. It's God mercifully came and shed His blood for my sins and turned my heart to cling to Him. And all my hope and trust is in Him and His work and His salvation. He gets all the glory. Not unto us be glory, honor, and praises, but unto you be glory and honor and praises forever and ever. Because you have redeemed. It's God's work. And we want that. We want to be able in God's presence to say, Jesus led me all the way. All the way it was Him. It was His work all along. We don't want to take any credit for our salvation. Here I want to tell you something. Ultimately, when you've been redeemed and saved, you don't want to take any credit for your sanctification either. It's all of God. All the saving work is of Him. That's the great long desire of a person who's been made a new creation in Jesus Christ. They look at the powers resident in their own physical energies and they want nothing of themselves to claim any part of their salvation or their sanctification. Instead, they look at that, even if it might perform well, even if it might exercise in such a way that people would say, say oh boy, that looks really good. No, the born man says, oh wretched man that I am, who will save me from that body of death? I want a salvation that comes from outside of me entirely. I don't want any righteousness that I say was my righteousness. I want the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ that saves me from beginning to end. So this is what Paul is expressing. He's recognizing the vestiges of sin in his own body. He's recognizing the weakness that he still has within himself and he sees it as he never saw it before. Even before he was saved, he never saw the rotten planking of his own moral inabilities. He's recognizing that there's nothing in himself and he doesn't want anything in himself. He wants only that which Christ can produce. And he's coming to the full implications of this idea and this understanding. Out of that, he's crying out and he's saying these things. So I think that we have to see, that we're required to see, that Paul here is speaking to the Christian. And as a Christian, he's relating to a present reality in the Christian life. 
He's making an honest assessment of himself when standing in his own strength and by his own powers and with his own individual resources before the law of God. Even as a regenerate man in himself, by his own strength and ability, he's in the same state that he was before, in a sense, in terms of his powers to do what is right and what is good. And he's making an assessment as a regenerate man before the law of God in this way. And he's describing an attitude as a regenerate man, at least how he regards himself as he sees himself in one limited way. So in other words, now he's addressing who he is, but it's not all of who he is, which we'll see as we go on reading this text. What we need to see here now, Paul is speaking about himself. Paul is speaking about a present condition that's in the life of the believer, in himself and in any believer. We can identify in ourselves. But Paul, as he's looking at himself in this present moment, he's actually identifying something himself in a limited way. He's identifying what's in his flesh. He's identifying what's in his body. He's identifying what's in his members. All statements of his fleshy makeup, just the stuff that makes you what you are, the stuff of the material substance that you're made of, that's animated and alive. We've said this before, we are not bodies with spirits, we're spirits with bodies. And he's looking at his body, and he's given an expression of the body, He says, I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I am of the flesh, sold under sin. A number of weeks ago, we spent a considerable amount of time preparing ourselves for the very very point that I'm trying to make here. The, The Christian is a person who has been born again. They have been made a whole new spiritual man. The corrupt and sinful person or spirit that they once were, when they put their faith in Jesus Christ, dies with Christ. And they're dead as that old man and that old nature, and it's passed away. That corrupt man that they were was thoroughly intertwined with their sinful bodies so that you couldn't take and study and understand where your spirit, your corrupt spirit ended and where your corrupt body began. It was all intermingled together. But when you give your faith and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says old things have passed away and everything has become new and you're a new creature. You're new, you're a new man with a bold, new, wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. And in a sense, you're segregated out from the body that you're living in. The old man has died and a new man is set up and is set up within your bodies. A new man that has been fashioned and created in the likeness of Jesus Christ and is bound in union to Jesus Christ. Paul says again, we have a mind, a new mind that serves the law of God. He's speaking, this is the truth of what's changed in the inward man. We're a new man inwardly, deep at the core of our being. We've changed completely. The believer has changed completely. You have to believe that. But here's the issue. Our bodies haven't changed. Christ has redeemed the spiritual man and woman. Christ has created a new man and woman by faith in Jesus Christ. That's a transforming work of the gospel. But they're living in unredeemed bodies. We're living in unredeemed bodies. We are living in unspiritual and corrupt bodies. We have a spirit that now is ready to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. My spirit right now is ready for immediate communion. I can now, in my spirit, clinging to the Lord Jesus Christ, make my way right into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. My body not so much. My body has to be planted in the ground, corruptible, and God is going to raise it incorruptible. God is going to cause forth it. And in that moment, our bodies are going to be transformed into something that 
We can't entirely recognize it. It'll be like the seed to the tree. The redemption that's coming for a body. So the Bible says, we eagerly, we, the believer, eagerly waits the day of the redemption of our bodies. I'm not waiting for the redemption of my spirit. I'm a new man in Christ. I'm waiting for the redemption of my body. And Paul is looking at his body. And he's looking at the impulses of sin that still rages in his body. And he's disappointed. This is, when he says, I here throughout this passage in me, he is discovering, he is basically probing and discovering that although he's been born again, he's probing and discovering that his body hasn't, that his body is still weak. In fact, I would suggest this to you, and this is where we'll have to leave. I would suggest that Paul is speaking of the born-again believer who discovers the ongoing weakness of their flesh when they attempt through the law to achieve a holy life. He's saying, he's discovering the weakness of his flesh. This is what happens to a believer. We receive Christ, we're wonderfully saved, we're forgiven. This new impulse to obey God and follow him and live for him comes in us as never before. We have new designs and appetites and desires. We want to magnify him and our obedience to him and whatever he tells us we're going to do. And we want to go out to the world and show him the change that's taken place in our life. And we take our bodies and say, let's do it. Thanks, God, for saving me. We can take it from here. You know, Paul says, I was a Pharisee of a Pharisee. Paul was a person who had so meticulously knew, followed the law that he says earlier in this passage that he hadn't even known that he was a sinner except that he read that you shouldn't covet. And he realized, oh, I have a little problem with coveting. Wait, now I have a, oh, no, I have a, a little bigger problem with coveting. Actually, I have a big problem with coveting. And, but now that he's gotten taken care of and he's been forgiven, Paul probably, if he's like any one of us when we first come to Christ, thinks, all right now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to prove myself. I've changed. I've been given a clean slate. And God, I'm going to write on that slate all the right things. I'm going to do all the right things now. And Paul goes out in that way. He strides out in that. He actually instinctively goes back to the habituated practice that men have before the regenerate. The practice of proving themselves in the law. And he fails. And he fails miserably. Miserably. And that's what will happen to us as well. If you just try to show, I'm a good Christian, by following me, you're going to fail. And actually, the secret to understand this passage is, you go on to Romans chapter 8. One of the things you'll find out is, all through Romans chapter 7, you know what it says? The word that's the most prominent word? Law, 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 law. You know what the prominent word is in Romans chapter 8? The Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. Paul has to learn, I can't live this life by the law. I have to live this life in the power and the freedom of the Spirit. I can't lean into myself to accomplish these things. It's God that works in me, both the will and to do His prayer. I have to lean in hard every day on the Spirit of Christ that's in me. He alone could save me from the penalty of my sins, and He alone can save me from the power of my sins. I have nothing to prove. I'll prove Him. I have nothing to prove of myself. I'll prove him sufficient in all that I need. And this is where Paul is taking us. And this is where he's directing us. But now he's left us, and I want to get back to this next week. He's left us before this state of our flesh. And I think he's giving us an expression of the experience of the born-again man as they're confronting their own flesh and the weakness of the flesh before the law of God. And they see that the law is good, but it can't change, and it didn't change any part of their flesh. It just reveals that they're just as weak as they ever were. Now, what should that do for us? 
Well, one, don't trust in your flesh. Don't lean on your flesh. Lean on him. Two, don't be too harsh in judging those who are discovering the putridness of their flesh in their Christian walk. Those who are striding out to show themselves and they're failing miserably. They're not revealing anything other than what you're made of yourself and what the substance of your flesh remains. And it will remain that way until the Lord Jesus returns. So you can put to death the deeds of the flesh by the power of the Spirit. And you can walk in the Spirit. But if you choose not to, you're made of the same substance. So be merciful. Be gracious. Be kind. Be patient. And lead them and yourself. Let them remind you always to lead them and yourself to the gospel, which is Christ for me. Christ for me from beginning to end. Christ for me not only for the penalty of my sins, but Christ for me for the power of my sin. Jesus, you're going to have to help me. Every single day, you're going to have to help me. Because the tendency in my life is to go back to relying upon my flesh. The arm of flesh will fail you. It will fail. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. And so what was required for us was a Savior who would come, come in the form of sinful flesh, to live a sinless life on our behalf. A Savior that would go into death for us, but in death would explode it and destroy it by His life. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life. We'd love to hear from you. Go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links to send us a message of encouragement or a prayer request. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.